0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. And welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. Anywhere you are in this uh, great Super Bowl Sunday, Um, I am... uh, pretty happy as a Rams fan growing up in Los Angeles, Uh, even kind of sticking with them when they left LA and now they're back. Uh, Jared Goff being a Cal alum, as am I. So um, I'm hoping, I hope everybody's hoping enough already with these Patriots. Darn, (laughs) they're they're unbelievable. So um, maybe it'd be nice to get, uh, you know, maybe we can do to them what uh, Philadelphia did to them last year. So I hope you will, whoever, whichever team you want to win, I hope wins, but uh, I'm looking for the Rams. So uh, anyway, here live with Dr. Jeff, here for the next 30 minutes, Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff. We want to hear from you. Very easily done, 877 385 Once again, 877-385-8882. You can also, better yet, reach us right here on Google Hangouts. The link is left for you on my Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff page here on Pet Life Radio. You click on the link and you can join us live here, uh, right in front of your camera, on your computer, your laptop, your phone, whatever it is. And we can talk pets. We can uh, ask anything you want. And as I told you, and it's happening, telemedicine is really around the corner the way we like it, working with you, working for you, working for your veterinarian. So um, stay tuned for that. Anyway. Uh, so we I just got back. I was—I mean, this is a crazy time of year for me because in January was the VMX, formerly NFAC, the North American Veterinary Conference, now the Veterinary Medicine Expo, and it is just a, a great, great show. Then I was literally home for four days, left for Colorado for the Colorado Veterinary Medical Association in conjunction with the American Animal Hospital Association, and they call it Ski C E. For me, it was riding board riding C. I'm a—I'm a snowboarder, but. It was fantastic. We have sessions in the morning, sessions in the evening, and the middle of the day from nine to four, you're on the slopes. And the conditions were absolutely gorgeous in Vail, Colorado. And already looking forward, I think I booked already for next year. It's a great conference. It was uh, Dr. Dave Bruyette, formerly from the West Los Angeles Medical, Medical Group, from the VCA. He's now got his own company. It was all about endocrinology. It was fantastic. Great, what we call CE, continue education. So looking forward to that. Anyway, in two weeks, it's off to Las Vegas for the Western Veteran Conference, the only conference that in size and attendance rivals VMX. And they're both huge. And their exhibit halls are tremendous. And they're, the one was in the Orlando Convention Center. This one's in Las Vegas Convention Center. Well, it's actually at the Mandalay Bay, but it's actually tremendous. And then um, I'm uh, home for four weeks after that. And I have back to Orlando where I will be with uh, Mark Winter over in Orlando for the Global Pet Expo GPE. That is the largest um, pet trade show on the planet. And uh, that's every March in Orlando. Looking forward to that one as well. So um, anyway, just a couple of things. You now, I like this. But what we're going to talk about today, just so you, you stay tuned, because this is important stuff. When I was in Vail, we're looking at, at temperatures. Oh, it, it was like two below zero. But you're hearing reports. And it was gorgeous, though. Here you're hearing reports of with windchill in Chicago, minus 50 and minus 40-something in Minneapolis, and it is really dangerous for us. You've heard about, I'm sure, about the deaths. I think it was 11 already, maybe more. It's a serious business, and it's serious business for our pets as well. So we really need to be careful. We're going to talk about how to keep our pets warm during these crazy, crazy winters where the temperatures are just so so low, it's it's frightening. I heard that in in Chicago, for example, uh, they couldn't de-ice the planes because the, the icing equipment was frozen. And if the deicing equipment was okay, it was the employees. They couldn't go outside to, to stand there for more than a few minutes at a time because it was that cold. That's very dangerous. Anyway, to go over some of the AVMA and, and American Animal Hospital Association news briefs, which I love to do. And if any of these like hit a nerve with you. I want to hear about it. One uh, again, eight seven seven three eight five eight 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 two. And um, the one more thing. Sadly, I know that if, whichever you follow me on my Instagram or my Facebook, you've probably heard that we finally had to say goodbye to Herbie. Herbie was my fourteen-year-old, just shy of fourteen, like three weeks from turning fourteen. French bulldog, who I had the pleasure of delivering by C-section those almost fourteen years ago. He was um, just the most amazing little guy. And he, for just, Frenchies, now for little dogs, they usually live longer. Frenchies, for some reason, don't. So Frenchies, you're talking about a 14-year-old Frenchie. That's pretty darn good. So uh, anyway, as I mentioned, since I delivered him C-section, mine were the first human hands, the first hands to touch him. But sadly, also the last. May he rest in peace. He was a good guy. Where we now just, as of this weekend, we did this two weeks ago. We're fostering a dog. One of my clients was looking for a home for this magnificent yellow lab. And uh, we already have a yellow lab, we have a Labradoodle, we have another Frenchie, so we like dogs. And uh, to go with our six cats, he is here at the house, she brought him over on Friday. He's been with us now for a few days, well, two days. I'm amazed because my dogs were are not, don't take very kindly to strange dogs. They, be, they were soaked their own pack. When Grover was alive, we had five dogs. We had the two labs, the Labradoodle, the two Frenchies, and that was their pack. So they wouldn't let anybody else in and even it was so embarrassing to walk them because they'd see another dog. They would wanted to like run across the street and kill him. So now with, you know, two gone, now we're adding another one and, uh, I'm amazed how well they're taking to him. The one that I, my yellow lab, Tommy is, is pretty protective. He's, he's, uh, he's got that, that air about him that, you know, nobody's good enough to be with him and they are actually getting along pretty darn well. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll, uh, maybe we'll keep him. Right now we're fostering him, checking it out, but so far so good. Anyway, speaking of big dogs and little dogs, this is one's a cute one from the AVMA, that dog's brain size. Now, mind you, the bigger the dog, the bigger the brain, clearly. So, but the brain size, it sort of has a direct relation to what they call executive function and short-term memory. So basically what they're saying is, and also self-control. So what happens is that Usually, though you wouldn't know self-control with my dogs, but the big dogs usually are a little bit more tolerant in weird situations. But having said that, the larger the dog, the larger the brain. But what it doesn't, it doesn't say, so those are the two functions affected by brain size, but it had no correlation, no effect on social intelligence or physical reasoning ability. So, you know, the, these, the dogs can think the same. But when it comes to, as I said, executive brain function, now I have to look that one up. That I think what they're trying to say is like, which is one of the reasons why, besides physical stature, that they are able to learn things that allow them to do what they do in for work. And so the big dogs, that's why you see a lot of big dogs are the extremely well-trained dogs now, and they have also better short-term memory. So um, anyway, that was very interesting. Again, with the weather that we were having, and so many more people leaving their pets inside places like doggy daycares, boarding facilities, et cetera. It's very important to talk to your veterinarian about the influenza virus vaccine. We are seeing more and more cases of it. Uh, it is something to reckon with. It's the H3N2 and the H3N8. You can get the vaccines now what we call bivalent. They will hit both strains. And um, I think that's very, very important to think about is so talk to your vet about the uh, influenza vaccine. Now, this is, I, I'd like to you hear your take on this one. So um, 877-385-8882, South Carolina is proposing a bill that in, in essence would require intact pit bull type dogs to A, be microchipped and register for a $500 fee. I like that. And with a maximum penalty of $1,000 and one year imprisonment, not for the dog, but for the owner, if they don't comply. So what they're trying to do is obviously cut down on the fighting cut down on these poorly trained dogs so basically they're saying if you have a pit bull type breed and you elect not to neuter then that's okay but it's going to cost you a, a heck of a huge license fee and they have to be microchipped so they have to be identifiable that way so i think that's i think it's a pretty good deal you know i'm completely against banning breeds but I think that there needs to be some owner responsibility on these dogs that, that notoriously have, you know, do and have caused problems for people and other dogs as well. And um, again, my, um, I know it firsthand, A, from my practice, one of my daughter's dogs, well, she has two pits. They are tenacious. They can be very, very, very difficult. So anyway, uh, hats off to South Carolina. Now, also speaking of different ways that we're trying to adapt for people and their pets, is we're seeing a rise in house call veterinarians. Uh, this is kind of going back. I don't know if you, any of you remember Dr. Marcus Welby, M.D., but you know this is uh, the old country doc who's now making house calls in homes in the cities. There's some companies popping up providing veterinarians, and it's perfect for like like especially for cats who trust me, I know don't love going to the veterinarian. Multi pet households, animals that have had had really severe traumatic experiences at vet hospitals, so that's important, and also owners who have mobility issues. Uh, someone's confined to a chair, elderly people. So there's there's something nice about it. Now, certainly, there are some limited functions that can be performed. But you know, now I've seen these really cool vans that actually have X-ray equipment. The veterinarian travels with with a, a technician, and they can do a lot of things. So. Uh, Something to keep in mind if that's something that might fit your lifestyle better. Of course, the availability is not as better. You're going to have to make appointments way in advance. And just keep in mind, it's going to be more expensive. And for many of you, uh, expense is already a problem. So uh, that's something that just to to keep in mind. Now, oh, I'm not surprised, but another raw food recall. Gee, how crazy is that? So um, this one is in Minnesota. It's raw turkey pet food sold at three Woody's Pet Food Deli, recalled because of salmonella. I tell people when we get on the subject of raw diets, and clients of mine want to switch to a raw food diet, and I tell them I have my radio show, Pet Life Radio, ask the that's Dr. Jeff on Sundays. I don't think a week, maybe one week, certainly not two weeks go by, that when I follow the veterinary news, I do not hear of a recall because of raw diets. So I can only tell you, research it well, One thing I can only, I can only tell you, and again, do whatever homework you want. That's fine. I, I, it's better, more appreciated to educate yourselves, but understand one thing, the digestive tract that the flora, the bacteria in today's domesticated dog is not what it was thousands of years ago in their wolf ancestors. So therefore to say when I hear it all the time, Oh no, but you know, in the wild, in the wild, they eat all these where they tear these animals around you. Yeah, they do. And we also don't know if they get sick and die because they're in the wild. But we do know that our current domesticated dogs cannot tolerate these as well. Can some? Of course there can be some. Fluke, mutation, whatever the case may be. But don't think my advice is what it always has been. If you're feeding something now and your dogs like it, it's convenient for you to buy. They are thriving. They have good poops. They have energy. They have a shiny coat. Don't switch because somebody else tells you something is better. When it comes to foods, there's really no such thing of as better. So don't even think about it. I'm going to ignore that call, that phone call. Now, next is, so this is very interesting, actually. Scientists are doing something kind of cool. They are vaccinating mice against Lyme disease, against Borrelia burgdorferi. Now you'd say, whoa, wait a second, why, why mice? Well, apparently the white-footed mouse is a sort of a, a vector and a reservoir, we say, not the vector, it's the reservoir for Lyme. So what happens is they are carrying the Lyme bacterium and then the tick jumps on the mouse and ingests the, in their blood, they pick up the Lyme bacterium. And then when they bite their, their host, whether it's another person, whether it's a dog, then they inject that bacterium into the client, into the, um, the host. So what's happening is we are seeing the propagation, if you will, uh, and especially in the Northeast, this is Connecticut, taking place in Connecticut. So they are seeing, so now these ticks are still doing their biting, but they're not carrying the Lyme disease bacterium, the Bor- Borrelia. So I think it's pretty cool. So what they're doing is they're doing it orally and they're putting it into traps. So when the mouse eats the food in the trap, they are actually getting the vaccine and they're not doing it to kill the mouse. They're actually purposely doing it there to sort of minimize because they apparently are a major reservoir of the bacterium. That's pretty cool. On a nice note, the uh, National Zoo, the Smithsonian, opened its doors once again after the almost month-long government partial shutdown. So that's pretty cool. Speaking of diet, let's get, talk about one more. That veterinary cardiologists at Washington State University School of Veterinary Medicine, you know, I'm sure you've heard about now that that we're that all these people are into the grade-free diets and the boutique foods and the raw diets, et cetera, we are seeing more cases in dogs, which we usually don't see, of dilated cardiomyopathy. The thought is, what is going on? Well, apparently, with those foods, is an imbalance of some of the essential amino acids. Amino acids, like methionine and cysteine, that the dogs can convert to taurine. And taurine is essential for preventing cardiomyopathy. That's why it's put in cat diets, is cats can't do it. But dogs can make their own, if they have the right essential amino acids. So the question is, what is going on? We know there is a, probably a link. They're not sure exactly what it is. And uh, so that's what they're studying. Is there something else in these grains? Is it a substitute that doesn't have the amino acids necessary to help make the taurine? The jury is open. Is there another agent in these, the, the um, legumes or whatever they're using? Yes, they have protein, but it, does, it may not have enough of the cysteine and methionine to help them, or it's a different form of cysteine and methionine. There are just too many unknowns, but they do know there may be a link. So just be careful out there. Talk to your veterinarian and just think twice. They are actually asking that blood work and things done in the food that they are being fed. If you have a dog that ends up with DCM, dilatative cardiomyopathy, and and you have changed to one of these diets, Washington State is asking your veterinarian, talk to your veterinarian. They want the blood work, they want the, the food, and they want to try to find out what the direct link is. But I think that's very, very fascinating. And um, lastly, before we get to our break, and then we're going to talk about cold weather, animal control. There's a new bill. There's an animal cruelty bill. It, it's been this is nationally, by the way, and it was just reintroduced. And you would say, wait a second, reintroduced. So people who torture animals could be sentenced to seven years in prison under proposed new legislation. What are some? Check this out. This is blows my mind. Here are the things that have been reported over the years to basically prompt lawmakers to put this bill into effect. Crushing, burning, drowning, suffocating, impaling, sexually exploiting. Right. These animals. And these are now would be felony offenses, of course. And so listen to this. Unbelievably, this is the, the Senate has already passed this bill twice, but it was overturned. Listen to this. The former House Judiciary Committee chairman blocked the bill from consideration. Not once, but twice. So I think what we should do is find out who this idiot is. And we should maybe do some of these things on him and see what it's like. I'm amazed. I think I'm going to go through this list again because I read it and I was in shock. Crushing, burning, drowning, suffocating, impaling, all right, and sexually exploiting. This is what's going on. These are people and this is what they do to our animals. So uh, it is shocking. Anyway, with that terrible news, I'm going to leave you for a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some very, very important cold weather tips because what's happening in the country now is unbelievable as far as weather. We'll be right back. Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of liquor chops, get the third bottle, Free new improved Lico Chops with omega 3, omega 6, vitamin E, and now six extra direct fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free at Dynavite.com. Dinovite.com. D I N O V I T E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet, Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. .com. <laughs> and welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Wilber here on Pet Life Radio's It's Ask vets with Dr. Jeff, and it's cold out there. Boy, the Midwest and the East are just suffering some extreme temperatures. I mean, thinking that you know, you've heard it. Minnesota, Chicago, Kansas. I mean, the, it's unbelievable what's going on out there, and we need to be really sure that our pets are staying warm and there are, you know certain the basics. The basics are if you are going to keep a pet outside, and I've already heard many stories of what's going on. That there needs to be fresh water, not fresh ice. Fresh water. So there are certain bowls out there. You can have them in sheltered areas, there where the water won't freeze. There are bowls that you can get that you know will not heat the water, but keep it at a temperature greater than 35 degrees, and that way it's, it'll be cold, but it won't freeze over. Shelter, as we learned from Chicago in the last week, that. Temperature is one thing. Wind chill is another. And with wind chill, it can take a temperature of cold, minus 20, but make it minus 50. So that is of, of critical importance. So dogs that are going to be outside need shelter. Don't kid yourself and say, well, God, I have a Husky. I have a Samoyed. I have a Malamute. They have the thick coat. They're meant for it. No, they're not. That's if they're working. Yes. If they're pulling sleds, yeah. If they're up in Alaska and they're in Antarctica, yes, they can go ahead and, and work And they'll keep their body. But just sitting around, that's very dangerous for them. So don't kid yourself and think that it's okay if you have a dog like that. So much so that if you have dogs with short coats, even big dogs, in this kind of weather, you need to take precautions. First of all, get that sweater on them. Get that coat on them. So what, they look a little funny. So what, someone's going to laugh. Who cares? You're keeping your pets warm. Also, the feet. It's very important to keep an eye on the feet. Why? Why? because a lot of municipalities, well, most municipalities in those conditions are going to be putting chemicals, salt, something down on the snow, on the sidewalks, on the streets that will help as a de-icing technique. Well, the problem is those are very irritating. So if you're going to take your dogs out, not to mention the fact that the pads can absorb a lot of that cold, they can get frostbite just like we can. So you want to get some kind of booties, some sort of foot protection, a protection from the chemicals the harsh chemicals the elements but also protection from the cold so that's a must so if you're living in a climate that where it's that cold don't even hesitate don't even think twice now what about leaving your pets outside at night so we talked about uh, also it takes one thing is yes animals aren't probably not exercising the same and they are not going to burn as many calories during the day from exercising but it takes a lot of energy to have these pets maintain their own body temperatures. So that's what shivering does. Shivering sort of helps a, a dog or even a person elevate body temperature. So don't think that you have to cut, reduce caloric load. If you live in these kind now, if you live in California and you're not exercising much because right now it's been pouring rain, we've had like four consecutive days, more rain I mean, and it, just you know in Los Angeles, when it rains, that's like you guys having tornadoes or hurricanes. you know people are afraid to get in their cars if it's, it's a light drizzle, they're going to stay in the house. it's very funny. But bottom line is that we also out there, and even though it's uh, it was, I mean, oh, God, yesterday it was pouring here. But uh, there, yes, if you're not going to exercise your dog as much, you want to cut down calories. But if it's super cold and they're going to be having to to brave those elements, uh, make sure they're well fed. But at night, do not leave them outside. Because what happens is once a dog sleeps, if they do sleep, they lose that ability to help regulate their body temperature. And I'm sure you've heard that story in Iowa of that college kid that was found dead, frozen to death outside of his dorm. You know, how he got there, why he got there, who knows? Maybe he was plastered and he he passed out. But next thing you know, if you're not awake to fight the elements by yourself, it's going to get to the best of you. So these are reasons why it is very, very important. So it's shelter, sweaters, jackets. It is some sort of protection from the wind. If there's a windy area, plenty of fresh water, warm clothes, protect the feet and good food. Make sure they're well fed. And uh, these are things that are very important, but don't think, I mean, I take, put my dogs outside when it's cold. I'm with them. Yeah. Can they take their walks? Yeah, they do fine. But when it gets super, super cold, when it's hitting below freezing, you need to take extra, extra precautions. And especially if you have small dogs and short carted dogs, don't, I mean, literally anything, anything that's going to freeze water to ice 32 degrees, it's going to, it's going to do it to them as well. And for those of you who don't remember, zero degrees Celsius is the same. So anyway, hope you have a great, dry, warm week, whatever the case may be, depending on where you are. We will be here next week. If there's any subjects that really intrigue you, that you'd like to talk about, um, send me a note to Dr. Drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. You can um, send me a note on my Instagram. That's at drjeffwerber. By the way, uh, go follow me on Instagram because you're going to, if nothing else, learn some things. I do these little videos, but the cutest pictures you can ever imagine. Uh, I have so much fun at work every day. And as I joke, I get more tongue than anybody I know, which you'll see from these pictures. So anyway, uh, that's it for now. Uh, Once again, we'll see you next week. uh, And uh, just have a wonderful week and stay dry and stay warm. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.